Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Dr. Audrey Boutros. And you have your master's degree in orthodontics from UT, but I also saw that you're a doctor of dental surgery and you start off with a biology degree. And because I've been to your office with my daughter, I know you've had several awards for being both a top orthodontist and dentist several years in a row. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes. So for starters, you have several degrees, you have several awards, and I know you have a very successful practice, not only because of my experience with you, but at the time when my daughter's father was looking for really good orthodontists and I told him about you, he's like, well, let me do my own checking. And lo and behold, his dentist friend in Austin said, you're the best. So that's great. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, And I know you've got fantastic reviews as well from other customers, but tell me, what are some of the reasons you think you've built such a successful practice? I think it is really about treating patients and for that matter, staff too, like you would want to be treated, treat them like family, be honest with people. Um, You know, I believe my first goal as a practitioner is to do what's best for the patient. And I hope that comes across in our practice culture. Yes. Well, from, from my experience, it certainly does. And I did some research on your team and they've been around for a while. In fact, you're practice manager said that she was with you, left, take care of being a mother and came back. And she said her entire family has been treated by you. So you, you've had staff there that's been there for a while. Are you just brilliant at picking people or, or how'd that happen? It was a process to get there. I mm-hmm. definitely had to go through several people and you learn if they're not right, that they need to go find a place where they are right for. It is too much stress to have someone on the team that is not a team player. And so that's something I've really gone through a process. For a while, we did have a lot of turnover and it was very stressful. The stress of that stayed with me for, quite frankly, a few years after that stopped. But thank God we have found some really great team members right now. Very good. Now, what was the aha moment for you where you were like, hey, I may I may have a blind spot because I you did have turnover apparently. Yes, I think it was in the hiring process. Any particular thing that you were missing? I think it was learning more about red flags and Mm. to really look at those and say, hey, this will probably not work. There's actually another thing that I added on is I added on a basically a job compatibility test that is something that is done through the internet. And that's something I added on that really gave me insight beyond the interview to where they would do the test online and then we would have a consult with someone from that company and it gave me better insight on whether they were a good fit for this job or not. And I did learn some things that as we would go through this on the test, I'm like, well, I can see that now in the interview that I would not have picked up on. Mm -hmm. I think that has helped us, um, quite frankly, not have some bad hires that I probably would have brought on and eventually had to let go because they would not have been a good fit. Yeah, so that was amazing that you... No thought to do that. How did that come about? My mom is a licensed therapist. And so basically through talking with her and she asked some of her colleagues if there was anything like this that we could do. She got the name from one of her colleagues and we've been doing that for several years now. Fantastic. So it sounds like you had indirect mentor there. And then I happen to know your dad is a very successful OBGYN doctor. So it sounds like you've been surrounded with some some good help uh, in times of need. For sure. 
sure, for sure. I learned a lot from my dad about how to treat people, practice culture. I think my personality kind of is very similar to his. And then, oh my goodness, to be able to talk things through with my mom is still helpful to this day in and outside of the office. It's almost like to be a owner of a business, you need to have a PhD in psychology. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, but again, you, you have figured that formula out. So tell me a little bit about how much you think it has to do also with the fact, I understand you've been working since you were a teen for what at the time was your orthodontist. Is that why you chose to to become an orthodontist and why you think you another angle of why you succeeded? Yes, I think for sure. I have always known I wanted to do something in healthcare. Science was always my favorite subject. It was Mm. always the subject I excelled at. I knew I wanted to do something in that realm. As you mentioned, my dad is a physician. I thought about that route. And then I also thought, well, I thought about pharmacy, I thought about dentistry, and then I came to orthodontics and thought, I think I would like that and went and worked for the orthodontist that straightened my teeth. I did that for a few summers, both in high school and in college. And I was like, yep, this is it. Hmm. So it kind of confirmed for me which part of healthcare, which part of science I wanted to go into. Yeah. Sounds to me that you definitely found the right spot. I I can tell how much you love what you do. And thank you for being also willing to be on this podcast and contributing to other leaders. So on that note, any other any other struggles you've had as a leader? I know you I think you actually bought out the practice, right? Or tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I did buy the practice. To be honest, it was really just a small leg up from starting my own. Mm -hmm. It was a doctor who was gearing down for retirement. And he also had a satellite practice in the northern part of Houston. So he was really more focusing on that. And so really, this practice was surviving on really treating the children of previous patients. Mm. And it was in an older office space. So I did have to still build up the referral sources. And I still did have to move the practice to a different location. So I still had to do the build out. Mm -hmm. What I really feel i bought by buying the practice was buying systems that were in place. I didn't have to figure out how to Mm. file insurance. I didn't figure out how you handle the different situations within orthodontics. So it was a little bit of old equipment, but I really feel like what I bought were systems and the wisdom of how to run a practice. I didn't have to think all of that through from scratch. Wow. Well, that is definitely, I hear, a competitive edge uh, for a lot of doctors who are really, really smart at the practice of being a doctor, but not having really ever run a business. So what tips do you have for new doctors wanting to start their own practice? I would say talk to people, talk to people who have done that, who have started from the ground up, if that's what they're looking to do. They can definitely tell them some of the things they did that were successful or not successful. I have seen people do this in many different ways where they start kind of with the bare bones of the practice. And then as the practice builds, they build up their location also. I have seen people do it the other way where they build the full practice and then the size of the practice grew into um, the space. So there's really different ways to do it. I think it's really more about talking to people who have been in that situation. Several of my friends that started from the ground up, what they also did is while their practice was starting, they were an associate or worked for someone else also. And I Mm. think that's how they picked up a lot of their systems was since their practice was not busy enough for a full-time doctor, they used that time to work in another practice and got to see the systems. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, again, all the all the tips you're giving. And then I guess, as we start to wrap up the show with COVID having hit so many people, how did you make it through that time? 
Yes, they shut us down for seven weeks. Um, I definitely did not enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so really, my goal during that time of being shut down was to try to stay in touch with my referral sources. This was not a time where they needed me necessarily for information or how to do things. I tried to stay in touch with them really to let them know they were not alone. In this instance, I sent them a book to read that talked about kind of overcoming obstacles. So I tried to really stay in touch with my referral sources. The other thing I tried to do was take care of my staff. So mm -hmm. those were really my areas of focus um, while we were shut down. Um, so I definitely hope we don't have to do that again. Right. And and uh, were you were you having to lay off anyone or did you, how did you take care of your staff? To be honest with you, I did not. It was advised. Most dental offices did do that. Um, yeah. I I chose not to. My staff is loyal and I am loyal to them also. And I thought if that's something that I can do to make this time a little less stressful for them, I'm going to do it. It just, to me, felt like the right thing to do was to take care of them, to pay them during that shutdown. I like this huge PS on no wonder you have such a great culture. Thank you. I appreciate so, that. Yes, that, that's fantastic. And you obviously are a long-term thinker to, to make that type of decision as well. And I think you've been celebrating, what, two decades now of <laughs> successful business? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. 20 years. Yes. Oh my goodness. Time flies. Time flies fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. And you guys' spirit is addictive. So every time we go there, we feel happy no matter what. Wonderful. So thank you. That, that is <laughs> and, our goal. And, and then just for fun, I have to bring this up. You apparently have also succeeded as a hip hop dancer. How did that come about? You know, that is funny. That is something I chose later in life. I walked into these dance studios at like 40. Mm. I did not dance before. And they let me learn. I was in there with teenagers, people in their 20s who had been doing this, but they allowed me to stay in there and allowed me to learn. I always like to push myself. And so this was a way where I needed to get some exercise and I wanted to push myself. So I was just happy that the dance studios allowed me to do that, allowed me to be on a performance team and... So yeah, it was just something I took on really to challenge myself and to stay active physically. Mm, well, I see success in many areas of life. Thank you. <laughs> so Dr. Boutros, for, for anybody who's listening, I mean, most of them are leaders, but of course, leaders have families and they have kids. And I know that uh, a consult with you, at least for my daughter at the time, was free of charge. Is that still the case? That is still the case. Yes. Very good. Then I will put it in the podcast description. But I think the easiest way for people to take advantage of that offer is to go to butrosortho.com. But again, I'll put that in the description. And yeah, and I thank you for accepting to be on the show and, and being the leader that you are and also sharing how you got to the point of ensuring a good hire and also being the leader that provides a good culture, not just for the clients, but also for your internal client, right? Your team members. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you so much. Yes. I try to try to do my part to make it a better experience for everyone. So thank you so much for that.